Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance, it feels like it's been a long time. For- well, it has been a long time. Yeah, so I'm happy to be back. Happy to be chatting with all of you out there on the interwebs, as they call it. Um, and before we kick off this podcast, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Al, your ba- your, what if your boss, if you had one, <laughs> what if he asked you to put together CAD details for your firm's next, pro- firm's next project? Where would you go? I bet you, I bet you know. I, I would go to ArtCat because I don't want to redraft them all by hands, and especially if things are not up to date or not how the manufacturer wants them put together, you could screw it up. You are a smart man. ArtCat is the number one most used website for finding building product information and has over 15,000 CAD details based on real manufacturers' products. Use their powerful search engine to find the right files for your project. Best of all, it's F-R-E-E-L. You don't even have to register. Just go to ArtCat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T.com and start building better content today. Uh, Lance, if you're going to buy a computer, where would you go? Dell.com. I have, you would think so, but you'd be wrong. Really? Because you should go to www.dell.com forward slash inside the firm because right now they're having their president's sale, <clears throat> 60% off. So if you're going to buy within the next month, it this sale runs from, uh, what was it? A couple days ago to 219. 2020. So that is what next Wednesday. So members can save up to 60% off. That's huge. And you're a member through us. So go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm. I'll put it on the website, but it's a great time uh, to do it, especially with that kind of that kind of sales stick discount. And they'll take good care of you. That's the thing is you can you can actually talk to a specialist. They will you'll tell them what kind of software you're running, doesn't matter what kind of business it is, tell them and they'll they will curtail everything to you, make it happen. Yep. Awesome. We have some exciting stuff coming up with Dell. We've been working out the details. So uh, there'll be some interviews, some technical insights, some cool stuff. So just keep listening and we'll keep you informed. Yes, sir. What else do we got, Al? So our friend Mark LePage, our best buddy besides Nick from Nick Reads has a new uh, class that he wants us to let you guys know about. And we're actually excited to let you know. So it's for Startup Architects Masterminds. And basically, there's two big parts of this. There's a mastermind group that's limited to either 10 or 12 people. And then Mark included three, at least three of his other courses, right? The profit course, the hybrid proposal course, and the planning course, right? Um, and I, in, in my head, I go, okay, this is obviously going to be a couple thousand dollars. So when Mark let me know about this, I scrolled down. I saw the price. Monthly membership. If you do an annual membership for one year, which you should do, it's $59. I'm like, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. What are you waiting for? It's under one hour of your billable hours. And you get a group that you can ask questions for. And what's cool about this one is it's focused on people who are starting up, right? And that's when you... That's when you have the most amount of questions. And that's when you just need someone that's in your situation or Mark to say, hey, 
this is the way we're going. This is what we're doing. This is what we're dealing with these same problems at the same time. And over, so, f- over, don't forget, over 50% of architects are sole practitioners. They aren't lucky like me and Al where we have me and Al and we can bounce yeah. ideas back and forth. Yeah, so for that price, it's a no-brainer. Uh, to go to it, go to entrearchitect.com forward slash startup. So E-N-T-R-E and then architect, A-R-C-H-I-T-E-C-T dot com forward slash startup. Beautiful. You did. The, I'm proud of Al for reading that correctly. I know. <laughs> they almost switched on me. Yeah. yeah so you have an idea for me. I do have an idea. But first I want to, I want to, and the idea stems from emails like this. Okay. Okay. I got this email yesterday. Hi, Lance, you're the coolest. I wish. (laughs) You don't get any emails like that. Good morning. We are seriously in trouble with the city on these plans. 25 items red flagged. Ah! We're in (laughs) trouble. Did they say ah? No, but uh, you know, it was like I could see that. So that kind of an email to me, uh, it only freaks me out from the standpoint of there's no reason to freak out. I don't think there's any reason to freak out. So um, what, what I... I tossed this idea out to you a while, uh, a couple of weeks ago about possibly putting together a flow chart for new clients when they come in. So now my idea is, should we have a welcome packet? Should we have a welcome packet? And even if it's just a one page front and back, and maybe the front of it is, is the flow chart. Okay. Hey, you just signed a contract with us. Here's how, here's the, here's the basic timeline. Maybe it doesn't even say numbers. Maybe it just says, here's the flow. Here's the flow of how the project goes. Here's then once we submit drawings, here's a range of what can happen. Here's what to expect, and then, and then you could we could even give some examples of, I don't know, crazy responses that we've gotten, and and just the, the nonsense you know from from building departments, right? Yeah. Because I the guy we joke upstairs about are there, are there blanket comments that we're getting back from people, or or rather, is it a do they have the bingo? machine right the one where you roll if you've ever been to bingo and you played bingo and, and you 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 see how they pick the you pick the numbers right um, or like lottery is there a lottery where like there's these random balls popping up with the numbers but instead of the balls it's comments yeah and they're just like yeah we're just gonna throw that at the project we just got to make some comments so we throw it at the project yep because as soon as i as soon as i got that email then i sh- i sent one back and i said no this is par for the course even though this jurisdiction has been very good to us in the past, and this is one of the ones where we've... Well, what jurisdiction? Call them out. What's that? What jurisdiction? Erie. Oh, Erie's normally... Erie, Erie Colorado is normally... Did fan- they go to a conference or go visit Denver and said, wait, 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 we got to be... Well, a here's what... No, no, this is a great question. What happened, right? So... So we we have we've permitted quite a bit in in Erie, and we got so good at the single permitting single family homes that we were getting zero comments back. It was incredible. It was just an instant permit from the when that once they finally reviewed everything, we got some great reviews about it, and then it helped us like be confident and tell our clients, yeah, if we're in Erie, it's a piece of cake. Well, what happened? What changed? Right after I got this email and I shot mine back, then I got a call from the contractor, and he. He kind of had the same sort of thought process, and I go, nope, this is par for the course. These, this kind of feedback is now par for the course. And he goes, well, I'm not used to it. And he goes, he goes what happened is there's a new plans reviewer. No. And that's what it is, right? So it's a new person, and I, I like, you got to wonder, is there, is there, is it just a new, does this person, has this, is this person a new cog in the system that is full of energy compared to all the other cogs who are, tired of it and they're just like i'm only gonna make 10 comments 
And then or, I'm going to go on a donut break. Or is this a cog that's, there's two options. That's young and just has to like cover their butts. Like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And the the true answer of those more veteran people is like, I don't know. We'll figure it out in the field. Yep. We'll figure it out in the field. Yep. Um, anyways, there's we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of what's happening there. Just that it's happening. Let's go back to your idea. Right? Yes. Um, what do you positive, think of that idea? You know the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting? Yes. Like, I almost want a cheeky title like that. Yeah. Like, what to expect when you're architecting or something like that. I love it. That's perfect. But you have to set my fears at ease. And here's my fear, right? There's so many different situations. Everything from, hey, what to expect when you're going through Erie Residential, which back in the day, a couple months ago, was, man, that's like three sentences. We turn it in. They say, yes, you build your project. You get your, get your house building. To, going. to City of Longmont, engineers, civil engineers are charging double because it's that crazy. There's going to be four million things. Uh, you'll even talk to city council. They'll say something and someone else will say something totally different and you're in for a year and a half, right? So like, how do you not make a million of these that you have to update? I know. That's the challenge. And so this is, when I brought this up to Alex, this is exactly the things that he brought up back to me. And I go, that's a really good point. Boy, that's hard to, there's so many variables. I mean, you just start wading into different typologies, different whatever. Because I've had people like break down a contract. I've had people that just like signed the contract and we're working the next day. But like, what does this mean? Do we really need this? Like going line by line. Be like, man, I can't, I can't handle, (laughs) I can't handle having to edit or to discuss that whole thing for three hours in the beginning. Not that that happens to everyone. Yeah. Anyways. So did you come up with a solution yet? Or are you asking our listeners to come up with a solution? I'm just, I'm bringing it up because I think something has to happen. I think, I think there has to be some kind of welcome packet. I want to try. It reminds me of when we got tired of our old proposal and it was so wordy and then we made it graphic and it, we've been on fire since. I mean, it's, it works. It really works. Right. People want people. If I showed somebody an old proposal, they never wanted it. They want this one. And what I, don't you, I, I get that question. Like I will finish, I will be done with my little selling. I'll, I'll bring a mock proposal and they'll say, is that for me? And I'm like, man, I, I think that's a good indication of like, you've sold them on that process. Maybe, maybe it's just generic. And it's exactly. what to expect. And it's, you know, the F9 process. And it just goes through, you know, like it's... What uh, to expect. Uh, I still like that SD, idea, yeah. Yep. Schemat- in the different design phases, right? And then say, what to expect from the city? And then kind of lay it out just generically. Like, hey, if it's a small house, it, it can be zero commons. Sometimes this happens and there's a bunch. If it's site, you know, what is site plan? You know, I don't know, but like two pages, like you limit yourself. That's if what I'm saying, front this back. sheet isn't two pages, front then back. we're, we're front not and doing back. it. And maybe it's not a flow chart. Maybe it is just kind of a description, some, some kind of generic thing. I think it would help set up expectations so you don't get these kind of, you don't get these emails anymore or you don't get these calls and just people are, people understand that like we're not getting out of this anymore. And, and. The reason why I'm, I feel like I'm pushed so far to do this is because we're also we're also doing we're also drafting out of state right now in a very rural area, insanely rural area. Well, what state? Arizona, and we got mm-hmm. 
five pages of comments back. Oh, on I a, thought they would just on a house. Let us do it on a house on thirty acres. Is it? Wait, wait. Time out. Is it our typical standard package of how we do houses for yeah. the past ten years? Gotcha. And then how many comments? Five oh, pages. pages of comments. Five gotcha. pages. I mean, absolutely mind blowing number of comments. Yeah. Not that we do this, and I don't even know what the comments are, but I wonder if we ever wanted to be mean. Say, please see IRC, whatever year they're in, 2018, for every single one, and then send them that book. Send them the book, I know. Just make a point of it. Be like, oh, could it be found in this book that we have to abide by? There's your answer. And you, you, I, can't help but I can't help but think when we get comments like that, or even these this email from the, from yesterday about about this last project, I can't help but think, okay, our, do our drawings suck? But then I, but then that's this same last week we got, we got only well, got four comments back on a, on a house in a historic designation designation that's had to go through the board of adjustments in Denver. Four comments, four comments, and they're so minor, they're literally just clarifications. There's no modifications. It's just yeah. and Ross was blown away, and I was like. See what I mean? It's just, it's kind of like a crapshoot. So it's weird too, because that's, if you would have said a rural county in Arizona or Denver, where would you get more comments? Right. I would have bet you money. You would have won some money off of me. Yep. I would have won your hundred, I would have won a hundred, your hundred dollar deposit back for your cyber truck. Yeah. But if somehow I'll give you that deposit in the form of now you have my cyber truck space. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you, we didn't do that. I would have lost. Yeah. So. That is on my to-do list because I think it's a, I think it's something to at least start working on and 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 I, 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 what could it hurt? You've already especially if the idea would be you sign you you land the client, you sign the contract, and then you say welcome. Here's your welcome packet. Yep. Here's your welcome packet. We yep. talked about this before too. But like, what if we included a scale or something like that? I don't know. Just a I, little. Remember, like an architecture yes. scale. Yeah. Like a coffee mug. Be interesting to do it. Like, what if you did a little welcome packet? We still know what's so funny is sometimes I get mad when people don't take my advice when I feel like it's good. And not really mad, but just like, ah, you should have done that. (laughs) Remember when we were thinking, (laughs) when our clients, we'd give them like a frame picture of the plans when they complete? Yeah. Like, we should be mad at ourselves for not taking our own advice. I know. Because that's a great idea. It is a great idea. Shame on us. We need a secretary to do that kind of stuff. Hey, I've Male been, or female, I don't care. I've been thinking the same thing. All this HOA stuff, I, I, I need to scan some things in and send it to, to Penny um, to, to do it. But like, I want someone right here so I can just give them that stuff and be like, you deal with that. I know. I've been thinking Not about it too. I've been thinking about it too. We need the perfect hybrid secretary. Meaning, Can you draft a little bit? Well, just a little bit? You know what? One of uh, our contractor buddies, the one, the big multifamily guy right yeah. from the beginning you know what his secretary did what they would cut checks and coordinate uh payments on the bills so just think if we're building they're like yeah go in the office blank will give you a bit you know like we are build- ad- we are building i just picked up a building permit today yeah <laughs> but you know what i mean like yeah. if you think about that like and and then track that a little bit more so that that's where if that's where we could actually have those fees be, you know, like, okay, they're billable. They're half billable. They're doing this work. Yeah. What do you think of that? What do you, honestly? That's what I'm saying. They got to be some point billable. That's what I'm asking for is like, can you do a little bit? Can you do a little bit of construction admin on the financial side? Yeah. 
And maybe that would offset it and work work itself out. Yeah. yeah. But they also got to be good at social media. I, I want this all-star person. I don't know. I just got to will it, I guess. We also got to make more money, but yeah. we got to figure it out. <laughs> That's a couple things. No big deal. I don't think it would hurt. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of trying to make more money, there was a really good uh, blog post um, that was... It's this is it's older, but I, it's, all, it's relevant, 100%. It's from, uh, let's see, 2013. And it's on the Entree Architect uh, website. It's called How to Become Known as an Architect. And there's three points I wanted to just kind of rehash yep. so, with you about it. EntreeArchitect.com, not on the Facebook group that we always mention. Yep. Just yep. to let you know. Yeah, if you just searched EntreeArchitect.com, and I'm sure if you just searched How to Become Known as an Architect, you're in, you're in great shape, right? So there's three big points. And, and the first one is uh, networking and trying to get face-to-faces with people and, and get known in your community. And the first thing they bring up is one that you tried, which is uh, Chamber of Commerce. Not, not, too, not too awesome, right? One of the best ones, though, that I think that we've done, which pay, has paid off literally yesterday, was... Do you remember how we met John Larkin? Shout out to John Larkin, uh, local contractor, Longmont, Colorado. High five at a neighborhood walk. What we did is we... The Longmont... Instead of working with the Long Brent Chamber of Commerce, we found a different entity that was better suited for us, and it's it, it gets the Longmont um, Area Development. And so, isn't that what it's called? I think Longmont Area Development Group. Yes, that is literally what it's called. Uh, LDDA. Let me see what it is. Long Pond Downtown Development Authority, right? Because we yeah. are, our office was downtown. We're still on. We're still we're one. We're still one block off Main Street, so we're still on that corridor, and. We don't. We did two things with these guys. We donated. We a couple years ago, we donated our time and materials, and we built like a little art display for them in the in the breezeway. So we have a great relationship for them. Yep. But the best thing that we did is they said they hold this. Uh, they block out. They had like a. They block out four or five city blocks, and then they have this downtown event in the summer. We took our tiny house, Atlas, and we we were there all weekend. Do you remember that? And yes. we had a ton of people look at it. So I think tabling is a better use of your time, in my opinion, rather than Chamber of Commerce. If you can find events to table in, let's say it's like your local um, home builder show, home builder show, right? In, in your county or, you know, in, this, in a city like Denver or something like that, and you table and you show off your work, even if you're networking, even if there's, even if there's nobody, there's a lot of people obviously going to be shopping for things to do to their house to thinking about remodel ideas, but there's also contractors. How and I think that? networking with contractors is critical. And we just, that's how we, that was relationship. And that's how we signed a, a new, a new house in Longmont yesterday. How did we forget that as an idea for some of the people that want to become sales? Is well, find everyone, the Denver, the, this Boulder, is the literally Longmont. why I'm bringing it up. Is, exactly. Yep. And say, we'll pay for the fee. Two of you go. Because one person could be manning the booth, two people can, but then also go around and talk to the other people there, too. Just talk to them, and then we'll pay for the the setup, whatever kind of pictures you, you want to get. We got, we got. Look, that's what all those pictures that we haven't put up. Take take whatever ones you want. Yeah, Alex is pointing downstairs. Yeah, to the pictures. So I, to me, that's one of the. I think the best way you can do it is if you start tabling in those situations rather than the chamber of commerce and stuff. I, I think it's still worth it to at least try the chamber of commerce. Maybe yours is different than ours. I'm bashing it in a sense, but I'm not really. Um, so those are good. And then there's, then there's the clubs Alex was talking about. And I, I call the AA club. I mean, you know, they do a lot of really good stuff and help you through contracts and everything. But I asked in the entrepreneur community, have people gotten work out of it? Some people have, some people have. So if you're starting out the, from what it sounded like was there's some, you could be networking with other clients 
I mean, sorry, other architects. And let's say it's overflow a, work. Overflow work. We can't. We're we're a medical uh, architect. We do only medical offices. And like, yeah, we just got a call about a house. I'm happy to refer you though. Yep. I, yeah. We don't do houses. You know, that's what they say. Okay, that's how they get it. It's not like, hey, we're, uh, you know, twenty percent understaffed per. You know, if you break it down to a unit of a person, so we could. We aren't hiring a full person, but you take some of that 20% and then you get with five architects that each give you a 20% of, of one unit of one person and you got got 100% of work. You got it. You got it. Uh, the second big point was how to be more likable. And the the little blog post goes on to talk about how architects are largely introverts. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that um, statistically, but I tend to believe that they're... Fifty-fifty here. You're extrovert. I'm introvert. That's what Al thinks. I think he's the extrovert. Anyway, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Only in small doses. You're you are in high doses. Social media, connecting, asking questions. I'm a hermit until I have to, and then I outshine you. Indeed, he does, and that's <laughs> how we got on Fox Thirty One Denver for the skyscraper. Yeah. Uh. So. The the thing I would bring up to that is I think there's just this classic book that everybody should read, right? How to Win Friends. Isn't that what it's called? Yes, How and Influence People. And Influence People. It is old, very old, but we've mentioned it before. How to Win... Dale, Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. Yeah, that's what it is. How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you go to Amazon, I think it's like five bucks these days. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Get it. So, so good. Timeless knowledge. Read that book because it just gives you some how-tos about... Just basic stuff of, hey, Al, nice to meet you. What do you do? Reciprocate the question. Mirroring. Mirroring. Some of the basic principles. Um, and and uh, I wouldn't take it as, hey, you heard Lance and I said those two things. Like, you really need to go into deep. And then to know anything, like, it probably wouldn't hurt us to reread that book. Honestly. Because we'd exactly. be like, oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Exactly. Obviously, we forgot about exactly. that. Exactly. And, and when, when, when did you just learn one thing, like, in school, did they? Did you draw one building and say, "Now I know how to do buildings"? No. So, uh, it, it's worth a revisit, even if you've you've done it before. Yeah. Third thing and last thing about this uh, wonderful little article is how to how to build more trust. And this is another topic that got brought up in the architect community over the week was when is the right time to ask for reviews? So, there's one there's a couple different ways of get, get obtaining trust from people, right? And uh, I actually had a uh, one of our Monday morning podcast episodes that's going to come out soon is with Alan Weingarten. He and I were talking about, he's a very, he's in a, he's one of our longest client, longest spanning clients. Uh, he's, he be, he's kind of like a mentor at this point, but he's also a client. He's a developer. And we, you know, Alex and I were talking with him and we were like, well, how do you want to do this? You just want to do hourly? He goes, yeah, the best relation. He said something brilliant. It was no, like, it's a book called the speed of trust. Boom. And essentially it's saying that how you can get so much more done and I haven't read this book, but I've heard about it, where if you trust the person, everyone to do their job. And what it instantly brought to my mind, and I think because maybe I've heard about this. So you know how long it takes to build a building right now, right? It yeah. takes forever. Years. Years. <laughs> do you know during World War II how fast they made military buildings and installations? A week. <laughs> Probably. You get an architect, you get your engineer, and they're already once the architect does the foundations they're already doing it the engineer is then you know sizing everything and then the people are doing it like it's literally just stacked on stacked you know uh everyone has to do their job and and you just get it done the good old days the good old days (laughs) 
the good old days of World War Two. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 that that book I wanted to at least try to get that drop in there. And then the other thing is, when is the right time to ask for reviews? We got four or five star reviews over the week from well, sorry, four different uh, people we've worked with have given us five star reviews this week. Thank you for that. Not on the podcast, but for the firm. And then they go in all the, through all the platforms. I asked them to do that. When is the right time to ask for those reviews? At a high point. At a high point. Think about when they're most happy. I wouldn't say not during the design process because what if it goes sour? Who knows what happens at the end? I think a perfect high point is, hey, we've just submitted for your drawings. Hopefully, they're not frustrated with you as far as how long it took to do it. And they feel like they've hit a milestone. Um, the other one would be once they obtain their building permit, I think is really good, or maybe their certificate of occupancy and you've had a good relationship the whole way through. Those kind of high points. And don't be afraid to ask them flat out, uh, hey, uh, following up, or um, I, I feel like we served you really well, leave us a five-star review. you know, Or please leave us a five-star review at the following links. It would be much appreciated, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Just don't, there's no... The, the the hesitation that I understood from the thread I was reading and engaging with was people thought it was going to be cheesy. Like, it felt cheesy to them for ask for it. You just got to get over that fear and just do it. It's right. not cheesy at all. Those These reviews, the, the Google business is the yellow pages and the white pages these days. The, your online presence is everything. I Like, network all you want. I agree. But people solidify their decision based on then once they Google you. Did you ever have the hesitation to ask clients what their construction budget was? No. Way, way back in the day I did because mm. I had the feeling that they thought I would take that number and just like base fees off that percentages or, or you know, something like that. Um, so I'm glad you didn't have it. I, I don't have it anymore. I, I think I've gotten two or three inquiries this week. And the first things I ask is, um, you know, what's your timeline? Uh, what's your address? And what's your construction budget? Like, very straightforward. I need to know these to, you know, get an idea of what you're doing. Um, but that's another one to not be afraid of. Yeah. Get those reviews, build that trust, do all the things. And then also have best friends. We have a bonus Ooh. best friend read today. We have two reads coming up from Nick Reads. How do you know, but, do but we should save one because sometimes our best friend likes to drink too much at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding about that. But sometimes he doesn't have one. So let's keep one. Okay, then we're just doing one today. Here we go. Uh, it's been a long time. Proudly, proudly bring it back. Nick with Nick Reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Regret. The things I could have done differently or learned sooner. There's so much knowledge out there. So much information, so many ways to get better. And we make so many mistakes. We are the product of our mistakes. And oftentimes, the lesson is sitting in front of our face, there to be learned. But we miss it, or we don't pay attention to it, or we think we know better, until it punches us in the face. The most important thing to learn is that we have so much to learn. We all do. We can learn from school and people and experience and life. But you have to process the information, absorb it, 
you have to accept it. You have to open your mind, free your mind, so that you can learn and make real progress. Are there things I regret and things I wish I had done differently? Of course. Hindsight is twenty-twenty, And looking back, who wouldn't want to take another go at something and improve by doing it again? And then why not do it again and again and again? Who wouldn't want to do things over until you have it perfect? But the fact is, you don't get that chance. You get one shot. You get one shot at this gig right here. Life. One life. That's all we've got. And the most important thing to understand about regret is that in and of itself, regret is worthless. It does nothing for you. In fact, the only thing valuable in regret is the lesson you learned, the knowledge you gained. But walking around filled with regret gets you nothing. So learn and move on. Don't let regret beat you down. Don't be a slave to regret. No. Let it teach you. Let it make you better. Let the fear of regret fuel you to take action today. Now. Take action now to become the person not filled with regret, but the person filled with knowledge and strength and power and life. Discipline equals freedom. Jocko. Al, my friend, happy birthday. Why? That's what, why, oh, that's why I, there's two. Because Lance's birthday is next. Next, yeah. Yep, yep. I wanted... Uh, Good. To, now, I know I'm looking forward to a belated birthday. Yes. For my brother, I, I wanted to like come back from that and play Eminem's Lose Yourself. You got to lose yourself. No yeah. regrets. No yeah. regrets. Yep. Um, I think that's good too. It, it's what he said in the beginning was the most interesting. Like, okay, you learn from your mistakes and don't assume like some people, a lot of people will. And, and, and I think I, this happens to me too. Like oh, you put up your defensive walls and you, you make it about them which it might be someone else, but there's always a small nugget that you can take. 100%. Yeah. So that's what I got. Yeah. I hear you got a review. Here we got an awesome review. <clears throat> so this is this is a little uh, insight for everyone else. Uh, so someone said they wanted to leave us a five-star review, but they have a Google Android phone. So their Android phone won't allow them to leave an iTunes review review so he's just been sitting there for like six to eight months to like five years wow just like oh i want to help these guys out but i can't and it's been killing him until he decided i'm gonna steal my wife's phone (laughs) (laughs) she has an iphone and then leave a review that way so all i wanted to do was get across that go ahead and steal your wife's phone or your husband's phone if they have an iphone and you have an android phone and go ahead and leave a review please do that yep yep Thank you for that, uh, Rob. Really appreciate that. Are we prepared for a new segment? There's a new segment that we're uh, we're going to introduce here, and I think we should actually pull the guys in real quick and get one of them on the mic to explain 
what this new segment. Well, I'll explain what the new what the new segment is, and then I think what they should lead into is uh, what this group is called. So this is the new segment is going to be called Fugly Friday, and we even have a new jingle, and I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with the guys uh, and the gal to talk about uh, Friday Fuglies. All right, we're back. First uh, segment of Friday Fuglies. What is, and I have Alex Gresh here, what is, tell everybody what is Denver Fugly? Denver Fugly is about, it's a Facebook group with about 9,000 people on it, so there's a good amount of people that essentially post buildings they find fugly in Denver or, you know, articles that show bad housing or kind of just a place for them to almost complain about And it's, it's largely made up of NIMBYs, right? NIMBYs Not- and then a lot of people that aren't in the construction industry or aren't architects, contractors, or developers. It, some people, do you remember some of the terms like banana? Oh yeah, banana build, absolutely nothing anywhere near anything. Yep. <laughs> There's some good ones like that on there too. How much percentage of it is a great news site or interesting articles about what's going on and how much of is it is people trolling anything that's get gets built? Oh, probably seventy-five percent trolling and twenty-five percent somewhat productive articles. Okay, awesome. So uh, every week we'll bring you what we think is a cool or interesting topic and and probably some hilarious comments. So what's the first one? So the first one I have is um, Denver has this new bill coming up where um, essentially this I think it's the city council can change their decision to have control over affordable housing. So originally it was considered a uh, rent control, which is illegal in Colorado. Now they're going to see a bill to maybe change that back so they can require affordable housing for developers. Yep. That and it's called, it's called inclusionary zoning for yes. anybody who doesn't know what that is. So that got posted on the Denver Fugly feed. And then there's some, some great comments. Um, if I had to guess, do people love this idea in that group? They're like, yes, this is what we need. Um, there are probably more comments for that and then like just saying, oh God, there's too many people here, yes. And then they didn't really have a basis for their argument. So time out. They leap to there's too many people here, so this will limit people? Exactly. This will, <laughs> this will stop people from coming here. Okay. All of that. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good start. Um, so a good comment I found is, it says, another attempt by the boomers to screw the millennials. We want the values of our homes to appreciate and tough luck if you can, cannot afford to buy a home yourself. <sighs> very nimby there. Very so. nimby. Very nimby. Okay. And then another good comment on it was, this is kind of a long one. It says, this problem is blindsided. Um, Colorado had a lot of vacancies and new builds will not help stop gentrification, which the bill has nothing about gentrification, but oh well. Um, <laughs> it causes it. 200 has nothing to do with commercial growth. So the argument that job placement commutes will increase is also backwards. The least expensive housing is not new. It's old. New places to work combined with older developments will help income to cost of living index, and we are already seeing proof of it. If you want cheap housing, stop the goddamn developers from demolishing affordable housing units to build luxury housing units with high vacancy levels and their t- and tax their pro- profits. Oh, it's so regressive. It's such a regressive policy because, like, the, the point that they make about... Um, that new housing is more expensive. Yes, I agree with you. But you got to understand 
the, the my argument with that is okay that's not the point of new housing the point of new housing is to relieve the pressure off of the existing housing that is affordable so people that are already living in those houses are ready to finally sell and get into their new house because they've built up the equity and been able to do it i mean i think it's a valid argument you know what this made me aware of acutely aware of now that i never even thought about there's there is not a mechanism in our government to stop us from doing uh things that don't work or shoot ourselves in the foot meaning all economic economics people almost every one of them agrees that uh of rent control doesn't work because it limits incentives like it 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 never works but it's in places like new york because it's easy to sell to a populace that you know rents rents too high right but but it actually does the opposite of it. It makes it higher. So like, isn't that crazy that we could continue to make laws, and especially since like more data is becoming available, more analytic tools are becoming available, so that you could see how all these policy works, and it could be by fact a policy that will do the opposite, and yet because it's a popular idea, it will pass. I I wonder if there will ever be a mechanism where and it. it I'm almost alluding to like AI where they say, oh, no, no, please don't do this because it won't work whatsoever. And people just go, no, we, we, we obviously need to do that. Isn't that crazy that we can keep voting in things that don't work just because they're popular? Don't you think it's indicative of postmodernism? You make your own reality. Because what you're asking for is you're asking for the general public to agree with facts and data. And right now, facts and data just don't even matter to people because emotion can override everything. And, and you, your, your, obje- your reality is subjective in, post-modern, in the postmodern era. That's where I think, like, oh, man, that's tough. I'm with you. I think it's a solution, but holy heck. Wow. Um, I think we'll cover this next week. So Trump's, Trump's rule that he wants yeah, uh, all, all federal buildings to be classical architecture. I was reading an article, and they talked about, like, isn't this indicative that we have this you know, crazy architecture that doesn't really have rules and how that's mm. manifesting in society. Anyways, we'll, we'll get into like that later, but uh, I see where you're going with that. I just think that it's crazy in this t- day and age that, you know, we could make a rule that is, is absolutely wrong and just like, okay, we're going with this. This is okay. <laughs> so one thing I've talked with plants that might be a mechanism is those uh, sunset laws. So it has a limit on yeah. how long the law is in place. Because then after that time, you can go back and see if it was good or not instead of trying to change it, which is much more difficult. Or nobody would care. This forces you to actually look at it and see what it's doing. Absolutely. It's a safety valve. I think all laws should have a sunset on them, for sure. And within that sunset, it should be, you know, six months prior to the sunset, an analysis will be done. And it's already written into the law and there's already funding for it. So that when it comes up, they'll say, like, factually, hey, you could revote for this, but it did not work. (laughs) So I don't know if you, uh, yeah, so we'll wrap up this segment with, I don't know if you have, if you're in Denver, join the Denver Fugly Group. I actually can't deal with it because it there's the econ, there's so many economic illiterates in there. So so our, so Alex Gresh and the, the other guys and gals at the firm, they filter the nonsense to me. The one group, so if, if, you, if you are in Denver, join. If you're not, the other one I would offer is the Market Urbanism Report. That one is a really good one too. And that one is actually even a better group in the sense that it is more diverse. Um, Scott Beyer, who we've had in the podcast, actually did a poll and he said, you know, where, how do you identify politically? It was all across the board. It was actually this beautiful mix of everybody. So everybody kind of gets their opinion. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't, it's like what Alex was saying about rent control. 
it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, we're facing a housing shortage, so everybody should be involved in the solutions for it, better for better or for worse. So, okay, what do we got next? Airy Jeopardy? Question number one. According to uh, the 2015 IRC, which wood species allows for the longest floor joist spans? Man, right? What a good question. So it relates to which wood species is the strongest for spans. It's the same for roof, uh, roofs and for floors. Is it A, Douglas fir, B, hemp fir, C, southern pine, D, spruce? Contractor calls you and says, hey, what should I use? I uh, have Douglas fir or hemp this, or uh, Yeah, this uh, particular one's on sale. I'll yep. save some money. And, and then he's like, like well, that's sir. the sucky one. Don't do that. Yep. All right, what what do you have? C-A-A-A-A-A. The answer is A, Douglas fir. fir. So <laughs> go ahead Which, and uh, put, put a check mark if you got that right, and then we'll see who uh, has the most right. Which everybody should, in this firm should know, like... You go to Home Depot, it's all Douglas fir. The plywood wall behind you, Douglas fir. This whole yep. building, Douglas fir. Yep. Number two, board holes in wood, stall, wood uh, stud walls need to be at least blank inches from the edge. Board. Board. Not like you're bored, but like you're bored. boring. Yep. Yeah. A, one half inch. B, one inch. C, quarter inch. D, five eighths of an inch. You should. <laughs> so if you're ever out in the field and you see a hole is too close to the edge and you go, oh, how far that should that be away? I have my tape measure. The answer is going to be D, B, 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 A, B. The answer is D, five-eighths of an inch. Five-eighths of an inch. Five-eighths of an inch. Over to Lance Psycho. Number three, what is a mortar joint that has been cleaned out of mortar for about three quarters of an inch back from the face of the brick called A, blind joint, B, clean joint, C, raked joint, D, fat joint. Need to repeat? Did we got it all? More or less? Okay, here we go. What do we got? Sam, Al, I can't read that far. C, C, B, B, C, and A, and the correct answer is C, raked joint. Who's keeping score? They are. They are, good. Number four, what is the distance from the edge of a door to the center of the knob or lock cylinder called? A, center of lock. B, center of knockout. C, edge of center distance. Or D, back set. Anybody need to repeat? Question again. Number four, what is the distance from the edge of a door to the center of the knob or a lock cylinder called? A, center of lock. B, center of knockout. C, edge of center distance. Or D, back set. All right, we'll start with Sam. We got D. Thank you for holding that closer. D, 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 B, or B. Correct answer is D. Okay. I, ma I made up all the rest of the answers, as usual. You got three? Three? Anyone have more than three? Okay, so there's only a, there's two people. Two trees. With three. Sweet. So now we go to sudden death. Sudden death. Lance will read the question. The first one to write the correct answer wins. 
if you write the answer first and you are wrong, the other person gets a chance before you get to try again. Yep. All right, here we go. Number five, the tiebreaker. What is the term used to describe impervious water or water vapor, even under pressure called? Impervious to water. Yeah. Sorry. What is the term used to describe impervious to water or water vapor, even under pressure called? Somebody's writing. I think it's going to be Mark. No. Uh, what? That is not the correct answer. Correct. The, so Mark said water resistant. Still got an Sam? opportunity. Sam gets to say something. Waterproof. Bam. Sam Sammer. wins. Sam wins. <laughs> <laughs> so if you enjoyed this episode uh, and you want to learn something and that something is Revit, go to RevitRocketShip.com where you can get training from Lance and I where we teach thousands of professionals and thousands of students in a tested system that gives you a template so that you can grow faster and be more awesome. That's why it's called Revit RocketShip. Go there. Check it out. Please share this episode or your favorite episode with a friend, a colleague, uh, somebody else that you think could benefit from it. A dog. uh, There you go. And don't forget to steal your husband's, boyfriend's, girlfriend's, wife's uh, iPhone if you don't have one and leave us a five-star review.